Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And today we are continuing our journey throughout Genesis, which in this particular case, uh, we're just going to zoom in a little bit on Esau's life. We've tried been getting character development into our Isaac, Rebecca, Esau, and Jacob over the last few episodes. We're going to continue that development a little bit today getting to know Esau just a little bit more. So when Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Berai the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basemath, or probably Basemath, uh, is probably a better pronunciation, uh, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. So wait, he had two wives? Two wives, so... He's practicing polygamy, which is not entirely new. Well, it's not new in the Bible. We've seen this happening at least as early as Lamech. Maybe someone else. Maybe Cain. I don't remember. But at least Lamech. Um, I think Lamech was the first. I'm pretty, pretty sure of that. Uh, but this might be the first within Abraham's line to do it, sort of. Because who else was sort of practicing polygamy? Abraham. I mean, Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. Himself. Yeah, because yeah, Abraham had Sarah. And then when she died, he remarried to Keturah. That's not exactly polygamy. Um, but then we also had uh, uh, Hagar come into the picture. There's a question. I'm not entirely sure if they would have considered that polygamy because the purpose for Hagar was sort of as a concubine who, who concubines were like spouses of a sort who got rights but I feel like also more like in full wives. I feel like in modern day times that would just be the girlfriend. Actually, yeah, I heard a recent um I heard a, a scholar recently saying like like what would be a like today's version of a concubine might be someone who's like, "Hey, you want to move in together and not get married?" And the reason that he talked about that being like modern day concubinism is that a word? No, I don't think that's a word. I don't think but so. Is that you're inviting someone into a deep relationship without extending to them any of the rights. So like you might get you might have children, but you don't have the rights of of spouses. You have the rights of boyfriend, girlfriend, which is not written down on paper. So like let's say the relationship goes bad. Well, what were the rights in that relationship? What about the house? What about the things you owned in the house? What about, you know, things that continue in that conversation? So for him, he's like, yeah, when you look at, like, boyfriend-girlfriend moving in together these days, like, part of the idea behind concubines was, we would say this is wrong, of course, that this was an ancient custom that was wrong, but part of the morality of a concubine back then was like you were bringing someone else into the picture now what were their rights so that you couldn't just completely abuse them and moving in together today it's kind of concubinism in the sense that like let's not paint the rights and then when this all falls apart okay where do all the rights go well there's no paperwork there's no it just goes wherever it goes or it goes horribly wrong right mm -hmm. so I don't know does that kind of make do you think that's a good analogy yeah I, I, I see the analogy yeah it 
Yeah, is like. I mean, I don't think it's good. It's not a it perfect. It's not a perfect. <laughs> it's not a perfect analogy. Casey um, will never say any of your analogies no, no. are good, though. No, no. I was so. just saying the the actual idea of it makes sense. But morality, is it good or bad, it's more on the bad side than it is on the good side. Well, yeah. And but. you almost wonder, did a concubine have more rights than a boyfriend-girlfriend in that situation? I don't know. We would have to get into common law. There's no, there's no legality to it, to say the least. There's also the whole uh, concubines often didn't have a say in yes. the matter. So there, there's that as well. In today... They have a say, yeah. so. And we don't have concubines today, so again, it's a rough analogy of like, we're just trying to say, in ancient relational customs, what would concubine be most like today? It might be boyfriend girlfriend moving in together with no rights, or lesser rights than a marital relationship. Anyways, that's off target from where I was headed. <laughs> Painting a picture of Esau. Back to polygamy. Painting a picture of Esau. He is practicing polygamy. It doesn't seem like he necessarily has a wife, two wives for the sake of one having a child when the other one couldn't. Maybe that was the case because we aren't gonna. We're gonna see another list later uh, of Esau's wives, and Basimath is just gone from that list so that's weird we don't know if she passed away we don't know if they just like changed her name because sometimes characters in the bible have more than one name uh or we don't know maybe she couldn't have children and then was just left left off the other list but she's the second one mentioned here so even if it was a case that she couldn't have children it wouldn't be that she was necessarily married first couldn't have children so then he went and found beer. Needless to say, it's weird. It's weird. Esau is practicing polygamy, and uh, Isaac and Rebecca hadn't done that. Abraham and Sarah kind of did that, but not exactly in the same way. Um, and so Esau seems to be kind of going a different route. Also, we made this whole big stink in an episode of how Abraham's dying wish was that his servant would go find uh, his son Isaac, uh, uh, a mate from where? Back home. From the family, <laughs> right? Uh, back then, you tried to keep it in the family. In the, in distant the family. family. Yeah, in this case, a cousin. It wasn't that distant, but it was it wasn't stepsister. Might be like a second or third cousin. I think it was first or second. Well, Abraham and Sarah were stepbrother, stepsister. So, sure, at least we got a little farther out by looking for a cousin. Um, but Esau, there, he didn't do that. He he didn't look within the family like Isaac had. Which we're Maybe we're struggling to actually here. a step forward. He saw me. Well, polygamy step back, reaching outside of the family step forward. We're talking about today's morals, though, right? <laughs> we're talking about today's moral. Yeah. Within his own moral world, he was breaking like tradition. Tradition. Yeah. Not only has he seemed to just go find his own his own wives so there hasn't been like this arranged marriage which was commonplace back then 
but uh, he also hasn't looked within the family, which is what his his parents would have had him do. Um, instead, he's gone to people outside of uh, his own family, his own culture, his own background, his own gods. Well, his own his own god with whatever their gods are. So he's he's just bringing in a whole bunch of different. Obviously, we've talked about this before. Intermarriage within Christianity is not a problem because we're all following the one God, Yahweh, and his son, Jesus. So intermarriage, cultural intermarriage, as long as we're following Jesus, is okay. What Paul's concern in the New Testament was marrying outside of Christianity. Um, But in this particular relationship, he's married uh, the Hittites, which could bring in all different kinds of things for for him. The Hittites are the people that Abraham bought a cave from to bury Sarah, and then Abraham was buried in it as well. So at least they were on negotiating terms. Yes. So they're they know the Hittites, but they hadn't married into that. So here, let me just I'll quote from uh, Sarna and the JPS commentary at the same time the passage reinforced this passage that we read the idea of Esau's unworthiness to be Isaac's heir for he commits a threefold offense one breaking with social convention by contracting the marriage himself rather than leaving the initiative to his parents two abandoning the established practice of endogamy which is marrying within your family (laughs) So, so he marries outside the kinship group and then three, violating the honor of his clan by intermarrying with uh, the native women. So for, for all the customs that they had at their time, Esau is just kind of doing his own thing. He's throwing them all out the window. And we got to remember that the promises of, of God were on the line of Abraham. And so, you know, it did matter very much so, like, how the promises of God would be bestowed upon this line Mm -hmm. eventually we get to Jesus and the promises of God are bestowed upon everyone but Abraham's line was was where it started so is Esau taking the line of God's promise seriously we're asking these kinds of questions anyways uh, in-laws did not work out well in this case Abraham and Isaac did not like Esau's uh, choice in marriage and it creates a bunch of drama to the point that Rebecca at one point says to Isaac I loathe my life because of the Hittite women if Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these one of the women of the land what good will my life be to me so like Rebecca gets to the point that she's just real afraid like that Jacob also won't keep it in the family <laughs> Why is that a continued quote you keep trying to pull? I don't know. It's, uh, but I do it. Um, and she's afraid that like, if, if more people outside of the family come in, that her life is just going to be extra miserable. Um, I'm not saying... I'm not trying to like sound the way that I sound right here, but this is the way that they're taking it. And then eventually we get another list. Esau married more people. Uh, so when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac, his father, 
because eventually he realizes like Jacob is told to go marry in the family. He's like, oh, I didn't do that. When when Esau sees that, apparently he never thought to ask. I don't know. Esau went to Ishmael. Remember who that is? Yeah. That's Hagar's son. Except Ishmael is past at this point. So he's going to the Ishmaelites. Esau sees that his wives do not please his family. So he goes in the family to his dad's concubines daughters son's daughters and wisdom was not one of his strong suits was it no give me that red red stuff that was our last episode right esau goes to ishmael and took as his wife besides the wives he had mahalath the daughter of ishmael abraham's son the sister of neboeth so now he's got another wife but he's kept it in the family Anyways, character profile of Esau. How do we feel about him in light of these kinds of passages? He was strong for muscles. He, yeah, so he airheaded was kind of the feeling that we got from I mean, the previous the, episode. He was an ancient jock. Really, that's what he was. <laughs> I think he just found the title of this episode. Esau, the ancient jock. Yeah, so, yeah, he's following his jock parts wherever they lead I mean you could even say he was you know he was the the, the party boy of, of the bible in this case no, you're thinking of Samson I mean well, that's, that's <laughs> we're not that far yet how about this the party boy of Genesis yeah, maybe maybe okay. I don't know I mean we're only halfway through Genesis at this point but I think he, okay I don't know I mean he's he's yeah yeah. <laughs> I think it's great that he recognized the flaw and was like, I'm going to make this better. I <laughs> just it worse. don't think that he made it better. <laughs> no. No. I don't know if his third wife agreed that it was better, right? My wives have made things so difficult for my family, so let me go marry someone within my family. Like, so they can live with my other difficult wives <laughs> within the family. I feel like this is another uh. subtraction through addition. Like, his life is going to get worse because of the addition. I also wonder, like... I mean, he went to Hagar's line? Like... He just probably had a thing for foreign women at that point. But it's not foreign, it's your family. He went to to Ishmael, which, if we'll remember Ishmael's story, he got kicked out into the wilderness to die with his mom. And so, like, of all the people you're like, within my kin, who should I marry? I'm just a little curious. The ones that you kicked out to die is where you went? I guess he was just a rebel without a cause. He's not very bright. And Ishmael wasn't alive. So, like, I wonder if Ishmael was alive. Would he be like, excuse me, son? (laughs) You want to marry my daughter? Do you have any idea what your grandfather (laughs) did to my mom? You know, like, like, I just... Maybe they were just close, you know? Or maybe Esau was like, uh, who's in the family? Let me go. And check out 
I don't know. I don't know. It's ancient. I wonder, I bet, you know, because, like, Ishmael kind of, you know, the whole kicked out thing. So, like, they don't get along well with the family. So I'm wondering if maybe they're, like, the family members that this part of the family complains about. And that's why he's like, oh, I needed to marry a family member. <laughs> Who are those family members that the family's always talking about? Oh, oh no. yeah. <laughs> like how my wife always talks about the kinds of apples that she hates. Exactly. And, and I always buy those kinds. Because I'm like, these exactly. are the ones she talks about all the time. Oh, no, I hate those. You know, it's like, who's, who's, the, <laughs> that's an interesting way to wonder about it. Who is that one cousin? <laughs> it's like. Yeah, yeah, we must like them. We talk about them a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, we're reading into the text a lot, but like Esau is at least not being painted in like the world's greatest light. Yeah. And, and his father loves Esau the most. Why? Because his son makes him some good, good food, <laughs> hunts good, good game. <laughs> and like even his father is frustrated with his choice of. Of women. I was going to say wives. <laughs> women, wives, yeah. Whatever the case may be, you know, it's easy to read a lot of this story. And for us, we would have a lot of themes of we would see racism and um, polygamy and weird relationships and incest and all that. These are not exactly the kinds of issues that they're thinking of when they're going through this. They're, and I've tried to paint it in the light in the ways in which they're processing their own story. Um, but Esau, Esau is, sure, the ancient jock, I think, is what we'll, we'll go with here. Um, named an episode. You named an episode. Any other feelings on the ancient jock before we look more into his downfall in the next episode? I don't think so. Where's Olivia's done talking about ancient jocks. <laughs> okay, well, in that case, catch us next time. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe down below. And there's a link where you can join us in the Discord if you'd like to talk about this some more. We'll see you there. <laughs>